So obviously want to dig into the new album, talk about the upcoming uh, album release party, Gutterfest, and uh, get your opinion on a couple things. But uh, let's go back to this, nice. this crazy year that we all just endured. And curious for every band I talked to, kind of how it affected them. Obviously, you have the new album out now, but was it written during the pandemic, pre-pandemic, because of the pandemic? Talk to me about the new album, Dreamers. Sure. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, literally wrapped up recording this album, album we just released, Streamers, literally finished it within a week before the world shut down. So we, we wrapped up in March of 2020. We were already slated to release it in summer of 2020, and we had a full three-week European tour lined up. We had several Canadian festival dates. We had a full, you know, a full summer ready to go. And, and then, you know, everything that happened <laughs> took place. So as a band, we decided, you know what, let's just write it out and see kind of what happens. Because the whole goal of putting an album out is to tour on it and to play play the songs live and to you know support it with the live show. Right. So we didn't want to put it out and have it fall on deaf ears and um, and not be able to, to tour or support it. At that time, nobody knew what was going to happen with with the world and when it was going to open back up. So we decided, okay, well let's let's just sit on it then. Let's not release it until we can get a little closer to when shows start happening again. So then by 2021. We're like, well, there's still no light at the end of the tunnel, but you know, we're feeling optimistic. Let's let's just set a release date, and then so we picked April 9th. We released Dreamers on April 9th, and then luckily here we are now, and uh, and the world's starting to slowly recover, and and we have our very first show back in over 18 months on uh, July 24th. Yeah, going to dig into that in a second here, but wanted to go back for the album because I'm kind of curious. With the extra time, did you go in and open it back up, tinker with anything, write some new songs, change any guitar parts or anything, or did you just sit on it for a full year? Oh, uh, no, we, um, no, yeah, we didn't. We were very content with every track that we recorded. And yeah, that's, that's kind of funny that you mentioned that because we would have had ample time to, to make little tweaks and changes if we wanted to. We were very happy with how everything turned out. Luckily, we recorded two extra songs that weren't going to be on the album. We, we always like to record a, a couple extra for B-sides, whether it's for a compilation or, um, you know, just to have like singles to, to release sure. during the, um, the off periods when there's no albums. So we had two singles and then the 13 song album. The whole goal originally was to release the album first, summer of 2020, and then this year release those two singles just to kind of hold everybody over until our next full length. So we were able to reverse it. We did a seven inch, uh, the two song seven inch EP last summer, and um, that held people over until uh, Dreamers dropped in this year. Nice. Was it tempting to go back in there or was it just impossible because of budget? You just felt totally secure with it all? It it would have been possible for sure. Um, We have a really great relationship with uh, Paul Miner at Buzzbomb Studios in Orange. And we, yeah, we absolutely could have opened back, opened it back up if we wanted, but, um, but no, we, we worked our butts off in the studio and we we know we knew we had solid tracks. So um, yeah, we just had to wait for the, the right time to release it all. It's always curious and interesting for me to talk to artists because every artist I talk to, I'm asking the same thing because there's no way to avoid yeah. the pandemic. And it's interesting for me to hear some artists are like, nope, like you. And then other people are like, ah, oh, we went back in and we wrote three songs and we messed with this yeah. and we messed with that. So it's just kind of interesting to get everyone's perspective on that. Yeah, no, totally. As as a musician, we're all I think we're all pretty OCD and, and perfectionist. So and anytime you record something, no matter how good it is, you always kind of have that afterthought or second guess yourself like oh man maybe i could have done this a little different or sang this better or perform this better but um yeah ultimately you just kind of have to uh trust your your hard work and and the product and uh love it and i love that we actually have a 
finally have the world opening back up and getting back to good times and oh, it's so this, refreshing isn't it this yeah. album release party and wanting to get into that the record release party coming up here on july 24th commissary is it commissary lounge in costa mesa i think it's i think it's pronounced commissary oh yeah commissary um, duh but I've, I've never been there um me neither a brand new venue uh first time i heard of it is was a couple weeks ago when our booking agent offered it to us. <laughs> He's like, "Hey, I know you guys. I know you guys want to try to do a uh, a, a local album release show. You want to play the commissary? I'm like, I've never even heard of that before. But sure, it's in Orange County. Let's do it on a Saturday. And who else you got on the bill yeah. with you? Yeah, it's going to be a really fun show, man. We got local friends bands. Um, so we got Fourth in Line around the scene for a long time since the early 2000s, maybe the 90s. Even we have our buddies' band Strike Twelve a blast to watch and, and they're amazing musicians. And then um, there's a band called The Line who uh, are working with Volcom Entertainment and they've been around since the 90s um, and they took a long hiatus in the 2000s and 2010s, but uh, but they're back now. And so that's going to be really cool to, to see them. And have you guys worked on the set list? I mean, it, it, being an album release party, is there any more pressure to play like the first five songs from the new album or are you just going to play like a normal set how you normally would? No, yeah, we we have been working really hard to put a really solid set together that represents the new album, but we do have a pretty sense of back catalog as well, and there's always a couple fan favorites from older albums, so it actually, it's it's kind of a struggle picking a, a really good set list. Well, for this show, we're headlining, so we'll probably do 45-minute set, so this one wasn't too bad. Um, so we're doing most of Dreamers, almost in its entirety, and then we're kind of peppering in some, uh, some older tracks as well. But yeah, that's always like, we're always kind of trying to figure out the best set list possible, because we all have our favorite songs. You know, every member of the band has their own favorite songs, and what we like to do as a band is we like to engage the crowd as much as possible so we always try to pick the songs that will offer the best um, crowd interaction and, and just energy to feed off from the crowd you know a lot of like call and response type things and and the crowd sing along with us so we always want to um have the most entertaining set possible for the for the audience obviously you're doing band practice leading up to it but have you been working out have you been running around have you been screaming in your backyard getting used <laughs> to singing because i'm sure there's going to be some some Dude, uh, ring sure. rust you're asking the best questions, dude. That's so funny. We were literally, last practice, we were, our guitarist, he's really fit. And he's like, well, dudes, shows are back. I hope you guys have been uh, working on your cardio routine. He t- takes the live show so serious. And and we all do. He's joking, but he's also serious about, yeah, get your, uh, get your cardio back up. And, you know, because we're not messing around. Yeah, especially being um, a singer. You got the toughest gig. Yeah. And I, I run around like crazy. I'm jumping all over the place. So I'm huffing and puffing and trying to sing. So, yeah, to answer your question, um, I have been working on my cardio game, <laughs> for <laughs> and, sure. And you know what, though? No matter how much you do the cardio, no matter how much running around you do in advance, singing, practicing, all that, you know the very next day you're going to be drained and sore in places that you haven't been sore in a long time. A hundred percent, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you'd be surprised where you feel sore after after a rowdy show. <laughs> definitely. And Yeah, the- definitely. Beyond the uh, CD release party, that record release party, I should say. Also cool to see that you got on the calendar. Gutterfest up at the cave at Big Bear Mountain, Saturday, August 21st. Are you old-time friends with Guttermouth? We are. Yeah, we, we were fortunate to do um, two back-to-back uh, winter tours. They used to do an annual winter tour called the, um, I think it's called like Snowfest or something like that. But uh, it would encompass the whole West Coast. It's basically the whole Western United States and uh, 
it was in the wintertime. Oh, in Colorado. Oh, yeah, it's called the Snow Corps Tour. So it'd, it'd be like yeah. all the resort towns in Colorado, like Boulder and Breckenridge and Aspen. Um, and yeah, we were we did that two years in a row with them. I think it was 2009, 2010. And we just played a ton of local shows with them as well. So yeah, we, we've got to know them pretty very well, actually. And um, it'll be really fun to play with them again. The cave is awesome. We, we love playing there. We've got a good following. You know, everybody comes up the hill for it. And uh, it'll be a really fun show. Yeah, that'll be a blast as well. And since you are friends with those guys, one of my old time friends, longtime punk friends, Justin Van Westbrook. Yeah. Love oh, that Justin's dude. A, dude, Justin, he played for Chaser for a, a short stint of time. No way. When? He's, yeah. Yep. Um, around that same time. I think that's when we first met him because I think that's when he kind of was start he, when he joined Guttermouth. So we became really good friends with him on that tour. And then shortly after that tour, I think 2010, we needed a fill-in guitarist, and he, he played several shows with us. And then we uh, recorded an, an EP with him. He's like one of those like multi-talented, he could play every instrument, and uh, and he recorded us too. So we just did a, a five-song EP in his home studio. And yeah, so we, we have a long history with Justin. He, he's, he's awesome. Wow. Yeah, I used to manage him in a metal band back in the early 2000s. Where he played oh, bass, wow. <laughs> and then nice. uh, and then right around that time, and then shortly a couple of years after that, then he did uh, uh, Homewrecker with my other friend, who's also a mutual friend of yours, Mr. Chris Daly. Yeah, we love Chris. We love we love Mr. Daly for sure. How how did how long have you known him? As long as Justin? Um, longer actually. Um, gosh, since early two thousand. And, um, and then that just comes from, cause Chaser started in 2000. So we, we've been playing, yeah, since 2000 and he's been in, in a multitude of different bands. So <laughs> we crossed paths in the early 2000s and then our manager, Brian Freeman at the time, he was like kind of managing us and poor habit and he was doing work with authority zero. And it's just a, you know, a network, it, it's a small community of, you know, the, the punk scene, especially when you're in a band. So, um, you cross paths with each other over time and, uh, and yeah, we've been, really close with chris since then that's great i mean yeah you're right it's a small world especially the punk rock community and some road dogs like both of those guys that you're bound to run into them and <laughs> meet up with them yeah. along the way exactly and actually back then i think he was in um either death by stereo or, or voodoo glow schools but um yeah that's but, right yeah, so still, it's you know our manager did promotion for them as well so yeah it's it's a tight community Love him. Love both those dudes. And, and love what Chris is doing with the Authority Zero and the new album they just put out. Ollie Ollie Oxen oh, Free yeah. is great. They're so good. They're one of the best punk rock bands out there. Hands down. Uh, Dally is just a phenomenal drummer, and Jason's one of the best front men there is. So, yeah. Couldn't nope. be happy for the bit. Mike, we've been talking punk rock and all this, but now I got I to gotta push you outside your comfort zone a little bit. Okay, like, let's do it. Like I mentioned earlier, we're going? <laughs> uh, we're, we're going we're going to the to to the metal side of things since that's a much more of a metal guy than a punk guy. Although I appreciate it, but uh, oh, okay, we're an old school radio station. We still do every single night at 10 p.m. mandatory Metallica. So I'm kind of curious. Right, yeah. Obviously, probably not one of your favorite bands, but obviously a band that you're aware of and know and have listened to. And being a skateboarder, I'm sure you went through that skateboarding phase and listening to Metallica, right? Right, yeah, for a short stand, for sure. What was the first thing you heard from Metallica? How did you discover Metallica? Through my uncle, yeah. My uncle is full-on metalhead as well, you know, like 80s metal, so Megadeth, Judas Priest, early Metallica. And we would go up to Big Bear every weekend. I, he would drive me up there before I could drive, and it would just be metal fest for two hours every single <laughs> night, every, every time we would drive up there. And there's a Metallica song that I heard that I was like, wow, this is almost like crossing the boundaries of punk rock and that was uh, motor breath and you know it's got that super fast uh almost punk rock drum beat you know yeah 
And, um, and that's kind of like, I was like, this is what I'm into. You know, I, I've been in the punk rock since I can remember. So yeah. So the older Metallica albums, I, I could definitely, definitely still listen to right now for sure. I love that you mentioned Motor Breath because I was going to ask you to pick a song for Mandatory Metallica, but I think you just did. That's it. 100%. I love that song. It's it's aggressive, it's energetic, and, it, and it's got that, you know, that fast punk style drumming. So are let's play still, that one. Are you still uh, skateboarding and snowboarding or? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I would snowboard before kids and, and my career and stuff. Uh, I was up there every weekend. I'm fortunate enough. My family has a, a place right there, right on Snow Summit. So um, oh, nice. I would be up there every, every weekend. And uh, I used to snowboard competitively. I was an amateur rider. So I would do all the um, uh, border cross competitions, slope style, half pipe, all those competitions every time they came through uh, Big Bear, Bear Mountain and, and Snow Summit. Oh, wow. um, but since then, yeah, slowed down a little bit as far as, you know, doing inverted aerials and, and rodeo <laughs> flips and stuff like that. We still get up there several times every winter and, and now it's with the kids. So now I ride with my wife and kids and, but you know, I, I still venture over to the park and, and throw down for sure. <laughs> Are you teaching the kids how to snowboard too? Yeah, they're taking to it. They're kind of more just casual with it. it it's kind of hard to teach your kids a sport. It's like, you know, they learn much better from other people. So they, uh, yeah, they like to do the lessons and just kind of do their own thing, just kind of free ride. What about musically? Are, are you shaping the kids musically or are you just kind of letting them roam? <laughs> we don't listen to anything except for punk rock in the car. So uh, I hope by the time they find their own musical identity, I, I hope it's uh, it's punk rock because it's, uh, I, don't know, it's I, I think it's the best genre of music in the world. It's all about unity and, and respect. And, uh, and it's just, it's been such a huge part of my life and it's really shaped my life. So considering that's, that's the only thing that we expose them to, hopefully uh, they follow our footsteps. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Last question for you. I'm always amazed by, by a front man that, that had the ability to say, you know what? I think I can sing and, and I think I can do this. I can go on for, on a stage and entertain a crowd, but I'm curious for you, were, did you do like uh, choir or anything in, in school growing up or did, was it just total DIY punk rock style and just got up and went for it? That's it, dude. Yeah, it's the latter, what you just, punk rock. Like when I discovered punk rock in junior high, it just encompassed me. Like it was, I was so passionate about it. I had to learn how to play it. So I, I bought an old used guitar off my buddy, taught myself some power chords. I had a buddy who, uh, who just got a drum kit. He wanted to learn how to play drums. And we kind of just, we, we started just playing cover songs, you know, like easy three chord, three power chord songs, you know, Green Day and Offspring. And and, um, and then eventually we were able to construct our own songs. And I kind of fell into the lead singer role by default um, just because I was able to put melody over the chords. And I kind of, I, I knew how to write a song by putting melody to chords. And eventually I played guitar and sang. And then as the band went on, I was like, you know, it, it'd be a lot more fun if I could move around and jump around and get in the crowd. So then we got a guitarist and, and yeah, and that's how it's been ever since. So I much prefer not having to just having the microphone live because it, it really offers a whole different just kind of area of, of entertainment for the crowd when you can move around and, and get in the crowd. Yeah, I was going to ask if you if you ever thought about playing chaser and guitar, but I guess you just kind of answered that question. It's all about the live stage and, and being able to run around like a maniac rather than being tied down to a, a guitar and a, a, a footboard or pedals and stuff. Exactly. Yep, that's 100% right. Yeah, it, it, it offers a whole new element to the to the uh, live experience, and, and we are very um, connected with the audience. We often find me crowd surfing at our shows several times, just having the, the crowd sing along with us, getting a mic in their faces, and it, it's it's a really fun experience, and and that's what people remember, and that's that's what keeps people coming back. Perfect, man. Well, I I hope to be out there myself at the uh, record release party on the twenty fourth to see all the the great Chaser action live in my own face, and God, I can't wait to get back out to a that'd, show, man. That'd be great, Mike. Yeah, I, I hope you can make that for sure.
Beautiful, man. Yeah, thank you so much for the time, and we'll keep in touch. And, uh, man, I'm not 100% sure, but I'm going to really try to get out there to the show. I'd love to see you guys. Sure thing, man. That'd be awesome. Yeah, and if not, there's there'll be plenty more opportunities. Dude, you absolutely rock. Thank you so much for checking out the entire interview. Now just hit subscribe. Subscribe to the podcast, Radioactive Mike Z. My interviews in their entirety. Available on all the major platforms. Tune in, Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud, whatever you're listening to right now. Just hit the subscribe button. Make sure to give me a follow on the socials as well. I'll follow you back at MikeZ967. And bro, don't miss the radio show. Now 10 p.m to midnight on 96.7 KCAL Rocks in the Southern California Inland Empire area, Riverside, San Bernardino County. Always streaming online at kcalfm.com. You, my friend, absolutely rock.